a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Doug Wright with you on Inside Sources today. And, you know, you work on the show all morning long. And just as we were getting ready to kind of solidify everything, uh, we see this press conference out of Arizona. And then it is followed by a press conference here in Utah. And, oh, my goodness, as we started to learn information as to what was unfolding, not only in Utah, not only in Arizona, but, of course, from the Marshall Islands and then in and apparently other states, including Arkansas. And when I saw that there was a press conference here in Utah that included our Utah Attorney General's office, of course, I thought, gosh, we we talked with Sean Reyes uh, just a little while ago here on the program, but I so appreciate our Attorney General getting back on the air with us now that things of the dust has settled a little bit on Capitol Hill. Sean, I think of the things that you and I have discussed over the years, the things that you have tackled personally, along with other organizations, some of the harrowing experiences and the heinous things that you have described to us here on KSL of human trafficking, sex trafficking, and everything else. And now this one on the adoptions. This is absolutely breathtakingly appalling. It's right up there amongst the most heinous and appalling crimes that we've ever seen, Doug. It's kind of like John Grisham-esque in terms of um, the scope uh, and the severity of the crime. When, when when did this start to unfold? When was this drawn to your attention? I had, I understand it has something to do with nurses at LDS Hospital. Yeah, so, well, we received a number of hospital tips from concerned uh, hospital professionals um, 2000. 17, uh, um, we received tips to the Utah AG uh, trafficking hotline and some from Polaris and their national hotline, and we immediately opened an investigation. Um, and we take every one of those tips seriously, Doug, and if that's one thing that I could reemphasize to all of your listeners out there is that if you see something, say something. If your spidey sense goes off and something doesn't feel right, please, please report it, whether it's our tip line or local law enforcement. We would rather investigate 10 cases and have them all turn out to be not what we suspected than to miss one, like a case like this, because somebody just felt like, you know, their information wasn't important. They didn't want to upset anybody. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't really know what was going on. Even if it's not human trafficking or human smuggling, like in this case, it could be something serious, Doug. So, yeah, we, we this, this started over 18 months ago, and we've been uh, working in conjunction with Arkansas, with Arizona. Uh, we believe there may be even other states that have been affected where, where victims um, uh, have been uh, harmed. And let me say, we, we, we view the victims in this case, Doug, to be the birth mothers and, and birth families, the children themselves. 
themselves and also the adoptive families, yeah. those who uh, so wanted and are hoping to have a child of their own and uh, were all exploited in this process. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sean, for those, uh, we're talking with our Attorney General, Sean Reyes, here on Inside Sources. For those who might not be completely up to speed, at least to whatever degree we can be at this point, about what is unfolding and what has been happening, could you quickly walk us through it? What what has gone on? So last night, um, an individual was arrested. His name is Paul D. Peterson. He happens to be the Maricopa County Assessor, so he's a elected public official there in Arizona. We believe, and in our charging documents, we allege that he was the master conspirator, the, the ringleader for a global human trafficking or human smuggling uh, an illegal adoption ring. And the, the victims that he exploited um, were birth mothers from uh, the Marshall Islands. Uh, which is a small, tiny Pacific Island nation, population 55,000, but that has a very, like many other Pacific Island nations, uh, I would say generous uh, notion of uh, extended family and and larger families. And um, in the past, uh, people had exploited Marshallese women. This is something that had been done before, and the U.S. and Marshall Islands entered into a treaty, a compact, to forbid travel from the Marshall Islands um, unless it was done through the Marshall Islands government, but to travel here just for adoptions. So um, it's our contention that this individual broke the law by bringing uh, over 40 Marshallese women um, into the state of Utah to deliver babies for adoption, promising them uh, compensation um, and uh, some of our charges related to that promise and uh, whether he lived up to that promise um, and then exploiting adoptive parents on this side through uh, uh, an agency that he had set up here in the States to uh, charge uh, parents a significant amount of money for these uh, adopted children and these Marshallese mothers uh, many may not have realized that this was a permanent adoption. They thought that this was something like in the islands where they would go live with an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent for some, some years or some time and then come back to their family. So you can see the exploitation, sort of cultural expectations there in that. It is an illegal adoption case, but it, it involves human smuggling, human trafficking. And it, it happened in Arizona, here in Utah, in Arkansas, and uh, we believe in other parts of the United States. This is so shocking just in everything that we have heard. But if if I heard correctly that apparently, and again, you and I have talked about this along with others in, in our state, that we sadly in, in the state of Utah have uh, an, an affinity fraud reputation that, yeah. that is is startling. Is there affinity fraud involved in this? I've heard that the answer to that is yes. Yes, yes. I mean, affinity fraud, uh, we may not have charged under infinity fraud, um, but absolutely, affinity fraud being defined as exploiting a relationship of trust. And these Marshallese women trusted him, and he won the trust of families, uh, adoptive families. He's a public official. He's uh, reputedly uh, an outstanding citizen uh, in his community. Uh, at least that's what people believed. Um, and he is entitled to a presumption of innocence. But if we're able to make our case, and we wouldn't have filed it unless we believe we absolutely had proof beyond a reasonable doubt, we believe we'll be successful in charging him with communications, fraud, pattern of illegal conduct, um, 
the smuggling of a child and sale of a child, uh, and all of these are, to me, heinous crimes, Doug. I know they are to you. I, I said it earlier in the press conference, commoditization of children is simply evil, and that's what this is all about. It is just so hard to digest this and believe this. And, and is it also true, Sean, that apparently he could speak the language, had been there on religious assignments, and then utilized basically those gifts, those skills, those experiences in order to make this scheme work? That is correct, Doug. Absolutely. He used that familiarity and people's trust of him there in the Marshall Islands to, we believe, perpetuate this uh, pattern uh, uh, and scheme. Who is holding him at this point? And uh, several of our, our texters, our listeners here at KSL, have been asking, "Is what is his bail and is it enough? He's, he's being held on uh, multiple warrants, but in Arizona currently, um, and he will likely stand trial uh, either in Arkansas uh, or Utah first, um, perhaps Arkansas because they have a very quick uh, federal docket there, um, and then Utah and then Arizona. Uh, we haven't worked out every detail uh, of that in the court's We'll have something to say about that, too. But he's currently was arrested last night on his way back from California into uh, Arizona by uh, troopers uh, in Arizona. Um, uh, we tried to avoid every possible scenario uh, to not have to do it in front of his family. But um, under the circumstances, I believe they his family was in the vehicle and they pulled him over. Um, if you wanted to get to questions, um, Doug, I'm happy to answer. It is shocking. Uh, our, our hearts have been breaking this entire case, but in some ways we're, we're excited that we're going to now be able to take this to trial and hopefully bring justice to this uh, very, very troubling situation. Right. Just a, a couple of more quick questions, and I so appreciate you making time for us here on Inside Sources. I know course, it's been a very busy day, but I understand that some of these women were actually basically... Uh, being cared for or living in this individual's home in West Valley City, Utah. Is that also correct? There were there were others involved in the scheme, um, and uh, many of them were being housed uh, all together um, and uh, waiting to for the time that they'd be taken to the hospital to give birth. Um, and so they were brought from the Marshall Islands, put in uh, uh, definitely not... Um, optimal circumstances and uh, housed uh, all there. Again, you, you see this kind of conduct in human trafficking cases, whether it's sex exploitation, uh, labor, forced labor, um, organ harvesting, or in this case, illegal adoptions. Oh, my goodness. The, the other thing, too, I, I've, I, and I think I heard this in the Arizona press conference, that these women, uh, part of the, the deal was that if they would come here, if they would do this, uh, that they would also be paid. And if I remember correctly, the implication was, or one of the concerns was, that it was almost like the old company store philosophy, that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a bad payday, but all of a sudden they deduct, 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 and you're lucky to end up with anything. Thing when you're basically shipped back home. It's like the Thernadiers from Les Miserables, if you know that uh, reference, you know, charging for breathing yeah. uh, out the window or looking out the window. Um, yes, um, and, and the amounts of money may not seem exorbitant um, if they were promised to these mothers, may not seem exorbitant to someone living uh, in a nice home here in Utah, but under the circumstances that in which they're, they find themselves, 
many of the Marshallese women the, the amount of money that they they hoped to receive. Uh, again, in, in not to sell their children, but to be able to share their children uh, in their mind, bless the lives of other families for a temporary amount of time, and then get their children back. That that was a significant amount of money, and we we believe that many of them did not receive any actual cash payments. They were told hospital bills, uh, you know, rent, et cetera, et cetera, had, had eaten up any money that that would was intended to go. Um, to them. So you, you hit it right on the head, Doug. That is another aspect of all of this pattern of unlawful conduct or communications fraud um, that, we're, that we're looking at. And boy, and then scamming the Medicaid system was something else that was alluded to. And Sean, I'm, I'm very sensitive about your time. One, one other quick question here. What happens to these women now do they have recourse and what about the the families that have been just aching for a child and they were willing to deal with this person who gosh you know he's maybe even a member of my faith he's he's an elected official he's a licensed adoption lawyer and gosh we're willing to shell over 35 40 grand in order to have a child bless our lives what happens to these people well, a few things, Doug. Let me answer that a, a, a few different ways. One, we have no interest in unwinding any adoptions that have already taken place. So I don't foresee uh, a, a lot of cases where, um, you know, or any cases uh, perhaps that that children are taken away from their adopted family. So I want to be clear about that. That's not our intent. We don't get to make that call. Ultimately, it's a civil matter. This is a criminal matter. Courts and other agencies will look at that. But from the beginning, we have had victim advocates in this case precisely for these reasons to try to um uh, now we couldn't have contacted the adoptive parents but we've been working with some of the um the birth mothers and throughout this whole time we've had resources we have hotlines right now doug we have hotlines that are open for anybody who might need to call in and need help or assistance we even have a marshallese interpreter and translator uh, helping those who are answering the lines. If anyone has any question about it, Doug, call 801-839-5640, 839-5640. And uh, our great partners, Xu Chen with Refugee Immigration um, uh, Center, uh, used to be Asian Association, they're on call working with us. We're going to make sure, Doug, because all of these victims deserve help uh, and support. And then the last thing that you brought up and I'll mention, we could have charged under... Uh, any number of other statutes, but we chose the ones that we felt won't re-victimize the victims. Under these, we don't have to put them on the stand and make them uh, have to testify or be cross-examined. We can use physical documents to prove our case, and it shortens the time of the case so we don't have, uh, you know, a, another year before we have to file. We, it, it's not going to prolong it. So I want people to understand that we, we didn't even prosecute under the human trafficking statute even though we believe it's a human trafficking case, because that might require the victims to have to testify. We think that we can shut this down if we do our job and prove our case with the charges that we have, if that all makes sense, Doug. Yeah, no, I I really appreciate the explanation. And But one final thing occurred to me, is more to come? Have we uprooted this thing, or has it led to other tentacles? Um, more to come in terms of other victims that we might uncover, and there may be some co-conspirators that could potentially be charged. But we believe that we have the the head of the ring, um, and, uh, and, and and that's the key alleged perpetrator uh, in our eyes. Um, and so there could be more to come 
um, and there we, you know, there could even be um, uh, additional charges in a superseding indictment. But right now, um, uh, this is what we have, and this is what we're comfortable going forward on. Um, and we wouldn't have filed. Um, uh, we filed last week. We unsealed last night unless we were very, very confident that we could prove our case beyond a reasonable doubt. So, Doug, thank you. I know you're, you have a heart for protecting children and families, and that's what this case is about, trying to keep Utahns safe, Americans safe, and here, uh, friends um, around the world safe from the horrors of human trafficking and smuggling. Well, Sean, we've talked about some tough stuff over the years, and every, th- every time I think I've heard it all or seen it all or how close it can hit to home, it's... Uh, it, I, I, I never cease to be amazed, and I always appreciate your willingness to join us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Doug.